You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Locked on Browns brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network. Appreciate everybody who makes Locked on Browns your first listen every day and whatever podcasting platform you use. Uh, just remember, Locked on Browns, there for you daily, always free. Um, we're going to sit down with Jared Mueller. We've got Brent Sobolewski joining us here for a little bit. We're going to get through some of the monotony of today. Uh, we're going to close out again with Jared here, getting some thoughts on the Browns' lack of activity at the trade deadline. I don't think that was really that big of a story. Um, maybe some lights earlier, you know, today and some thoughts that went on maybe would have had some effect on that. Uh, first things first, um, to the family of the 23-year-old young woman in Las Vegas, just absolutely terrible. Um, you know, I had heard some things early today, and if anybody noticed, and no, guys, I wasn't talking about the possibility of Henry Ruggs joining the Browns. Um, I didn't have enough to run with, but what I had didn't sound good. And the one thing that immediately scared me was when they said it was 3.30 in the morning. Um, 3.30 in the morning, usually not, nothing, nothing, nothing at all in the world it, it, good is going on. Uh, so to that family, um, absolute tragic, tragic events. Um, and for the Raiders organization, look, you know, you draft players, you do your diligence, um, but you're never ready for something like this. And for the Raiders, you're talking about a team right now, that two of the star players, they are open and active about their sobriety and how much it's changed their lives and their careers and where they are now. Um, look, just it, it's a black moment all around. Um, but again, to the you know family of that young lady, you know, all the best and not, you know, nothing can be done to replace today. Um, just hope that in the days, weeks, months that pass. Uh, things start to get a little bit easier as the time goes on. But, and this is the craziest part, Jared, and this is maybe the most nuts part of the NFL and certainly the way Browns fans are. That probably wasn't the biggest story in the NFL today. And, and, and it's it's nuts to even think that, Jared. And woke up this morning and, you know, try to clear the calendar for a day like today, knowing it is the NFL trade deadline. And... I'll be honest. I mean, I know of Odell Beckham Sr. I remember watching him play a little bit at LSU way back in the day. Um, and you kind of knew what was going on as far as the social media post because the videos were posted the wrong way. So you literally had to flip your phone to see what was going on. But, and, you know, look, nothing done by Odell Beckham Jr. in his camp is never not orchestrated. It's never not done from the hip. They certainly know what's going on. And then calling in favors to people like LeBron James and everybody getting in, piling in. But there is a two-way street here to this, Jared. And for anybody who watches the Browns play when Odell Beckham Jr. is here, everybody says, wow, something isn't right here. And anytime we have seen Baker Mayfield play where either A. Odell Beckham Jr. was not part of the team yet or he's been out injured, we see a guy that looks like there's no reason to think he's not a 10-year minimum run for an NFL team as a signal caller. But when you're going against the force, the power, the vortex of Odell Beckham Jr., it, it, it ends up being a very, very bad day. And for Coach Stefanski and Andrew Berry, now 
you're really welcome to Cleveland. All this other stuff was really kind of just, you know, show and tell. Gentlemen, first absolute crap burger in your lap, and there ain't no analytic lens to go and work on this. No, and, and it's ridiculous. I mean, the reality is, is across the board, nothing today mattered, and it all mattered, right? Like, the reality is nothing changed. Odell and his people and his dad and all, like, everyone knows that he has no value at his contract, at all of the, just everything that goes with it, that the Browns would have had to pay you, I don't know, whatever, the entire contract to, for him to go to New Orleans, and New Orleans would have given back nothing, right? Like, or whatever it would be. Like, everyone knew at the start of the Conditional seventh in 2029. Right, whatever it was. Who knows? The Browns might have had to give something to get rid of Odell Beckham Jr., right? So, for the Browns, it makes absolutely no sense. Everyone knew Odell Beckham Jr. was not getting traded today unless a team, which when John Gruden was there, we could say some crazy things could have happened, um, you know, with Las Vegas. Besides something like that, no, everyone knew Odell wasn't getting traded. None of this made had to happen. None of it had to be posted. None of it had to become a conversation. I didn't need to see that Eric Metcalf sided with OBJ. Like I didn't need that free, know that Damian Lillard is like, yo, free OBJ. Like I didn't need to know any of that. Right. I didn't, we didn't, it didn't do anything. We all see what's going on on the field. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked. That doesn't mean it can't work. Like I listen, I'm a counselor. I believe everything can work until it literally is impossible. So until Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. are not on the same freaking team, I am going to believe it could work. Will it? Probably not. That's illogical. But I'm still going to believe it could work. You have a talented quarterback and a talented wide receiver. The rest of this is just BS, and it just drew us into a conversation. Same old Browns. All of that. When the reality is, is Odell Beckham Jr. has been a great teammate until recently. Uh, he blocks his ass off. He is open regularly. Baker, until recently, liked him. He liked Baker until recently. And the reality is, is his money is getting messed with. OBJ's contract doesn't have anything guaranteed coming up in the next few years. It's messing with his money. And when you're talking about a raise of a quarter, it doesn't matter. When you're talking about $15 million, it freaking matters. And so, again, all of this was orchestrated. All of this was planned. All of this was pointless because nothing was going to happen today. Stefanski, Barry are not going to make illogical decisions. So it just was all pointless. And in the end, for us as analysts, us as fans, us as whatever, the need to find one person to blame, to pick sides. Like, this isn't freaking the Twilight series, and we don't need to pick, I have no idea, the one dude and the other dude, the, the vampire and the, the lion or whatever freaking was, the bear, <laughs> whatever he was, right? Like, we didn't need to pick sides, but somehow that has become the way we think, and it drives me up the freaking wall because we're smarter than this. All of us are. Listen, does OBJ a little dramatic? Sure, but Jeff, I know you well enough to know this, that I know me well enough to say this. If it was about 15 mil, if it was about 10 mil, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things I would, hey, can you send this freaking tweet? Hey, can you go on this podcast? Hey, like there's a lot of things. No, I'm not going to do unethical things. There's a heck of a lot of things I'm doing for $10 million. Odo Beckham Jr., listen, he's putting it out there. Hey, free agency, it's Baker Mayfield. It's not me. 
look, I'm wide open. Pay me. I'm awesome. He sucks. And I get it. And this is the thing is, look, you know, with, you know, Odell about to be 29 years old. And of course, all the talk about Baker here looking at his second contract in the NFL. Neither player is in a different spot here. Odell Beckham Jr., once he gets released from the Browns, because he's going to end up getting released from the Browns in the offseason, he has zero dollars coming to him. Baker Mayfield is working towards, obviously, some sort of, hopefully, uh, you know, contract extension here with the Browns. So both players are in the same boat. They really, neither one of them have any security. Look, they're both living very well. Let's not mistake that for one <laughs> second. But they have no security money further down the road than essentially for Baker, obviously, next year. But uh, for Noah Odell, it's nothing after this year. And this is the part that kind of chaps my ass here a little bit is, look, Odell today with what he kind of did is, oh, look, I'm open, da 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 Okay, well, nobody brought up a couple of drops that we've already seen this year, so that's fine. So it's really great to sugarcoat things in that regards. And if we know anything with what Baker Mayfield's doing right now with his play, he's hurting whatever this contract extension is going to be. He is not making himself – nobody's going to say, oh, that's great, you toughed it out. You know what? Here's $350 million. Ain't going to happen. It's, you know, oh, you were hurt? Big deal. Your play still sucked. Your play was still average. It was below what was the norm for you. So that's the part because it feels like it's a cheap shot to me. And you want to know what, Odell? You didn't light it up with Case Keenum. So you you want to know what? You're riding out this next nine games on, sure, Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum. So to basically be shooting people and going after them like you did, I got news for you. If I'm Baker Mayfield, knowing I can look at a game like the Charger game where I lit it up, and you were not my first. I got, You did a lot more harm today than you did good. And the other thing with Odell is, look, there was a little over 1,000 yards in 2019. So congratulations. That's about 55 yards receiving a game. Yeah, I'm sure people are coming to regret you check for $15 million for 55 yards a game. Ain't going to work that way. And the other thing is, everybody wants to say Odell is still elite. There is zero evidence that Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not saying it's not in there. And it most certainly can be. But we have no physical evidence. His first three years in the league, absolutely dominated, destroyed, tore it to bits. There's no – but that's a long, long time ago. Those were years 21, 22, and 23. We are now talking on years 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, about to enter 29. So, sure, he obviously wants to say, I still think I'm a top 10 player. But meanwhile, the entire NFL is saying, uh, we've got no evidence that you were still a top 10 wide receiver. So – and what he did today, and look, and this is probably where it even gets to me a little bit more, is you know trying to point the figure here at Baker. There's one guy, Jared, with a track record of this type of instance. In this scenario between these two guys, there's one guy who's been down this road and done it before, and that is why he is here in Cleveland. And I'm telling you right now, John Dorsey probably just – and think about it. Now it's blown up three times because it blew up on the Giants, it blew up on John Dorsey, and now it's blown up on this administrative stream at the Browns. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, is Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, the only thing we know is he does get separation, right? But is he getting separation within an offense? Like, I don't know the play, right? So I don't know, is that is that 10-yard post actually supposed to be 7? You know, is he supposed to post at 7, but he's posting at 10? Is he rounding off it? I don't know, because I don't know what the play is. I don't have everything, and none of us ever do. He has separation, but... When is he getting separation, you know, and all of those kind of things? When is that happening? How is it happening inside of all of that? We know he's fast. 
he's not catching the ball. He's scared of getting hurt. I mean, there's just a lot of things going on there. So you're right about being an elite talent. Listen, and what did uh, – I, I don't know if it was Parcells or whoever said, uh, if you're a cannibal but you can score touchdowns, we would just call it an eating disorder and we would sign you up, right? Like some version of that. And so today, Odell Beckham Jr. would have been traded if, if the NFL thought he was still elite. They would have figured it out. The Los Angeles Rams have traded for every single player they possibly can. They would have figured out the salary cap. They would have figured out the compensation. The Browns would have done like the Broncos did and paid some to get more back, whatever. And none of that happened. And so on a side note, I forget if this is exactly right, uh, but I'm pretty sure Brian Body Calhoun is is possibly responsible for the downward trend of Odell Beckham Jr. Because I'm pretty sure he cracked his leg in a training camp or in a preseason game and that's really when when things got even worse for him uh in a lot of ways obviously he had some attitude issues and all that but um i think the browns can can relate back to them causing the problem as well uh when the body bag put him in a body bag and that's another thing we're talking about a player who has had a hernia he's had a broken ankle he's coming off of an acl injury look man i get it i get how much you want that next contract but you know, facts are facts, and you know it's you. He's an abyss right now. You don't truly know what he is. And the quote you were looking for, Mister Mueller, is if Jeffrey Dahmer ran a four three, it would be called an eating disorder. We're gonna get back to uh, we're gonna get to Brent Sobolewski. Jared's gonna join us here a little bit later in the show. Uh, got to uh, take care of our fantastic sponsors who are always taking care of us. So with that, my Cleveland Browns fans, this is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app who everyone buys gas needs to know about. Get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store on Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus, 25 cents per gallon, on your next fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Again, just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first step. So people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there is no cash. The cash back is added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. And I mentioned, as I mentioned, we're going to sit down now here. Uh, Bleacher Report writer, Mr. Brent Sobolewski, as it's not enough that the team is four and four. It's not enough that the team is underachieving. It's not enough that we are back to an issue of a quarterback and a wide receiver just can't, for whatever the reason, is to get on the same page. But Brent, the one thing that I think we can all safely say is we wouldn't have cared if this team went to the playoffs last year. We wouldn't have cared that they improved as good as they did. It was to the point that it didn't look like a circus anymore. And now here, Coach Stefanski, his team at 4-4, four and four, wake up today to not only is the circus in town, they've already set up shop, the animals are in the arena, the face paint has been put on the clowns, and here we are dealing with nonsense. Look, look, it's, it's bad enough when the team's 4-4. Four and four. It's bad enough the fact they've underachieved with all the talent they have. But Brent, here we are playing these childish, it's almost rec league at this point where you have people, significant others and parents sticking up and taking sides. And for Coach Stefanski, I mean, 
good luck on because this is going to be the ultimate you know measure of them because it's not just enough that you have to coach a football team apparently now you have to you know monitor a preschool class well what makes it so difficult is the fact this is the most crucial point in the season and people say well we've already gone past that point they shouldn't be four and four okay understood but it's accepted it's you're still in the thick of things right you can essentially break down what's left in, into two halves. You have pre-bye week, post-bye week. Pre-bye week, you have Cincinnati this Sunday, New England, Detroit, and Baltimore. Okay? So when you look at that, at worst, the team should be 2-2. Two and two. Maybe you sneak an extra win in Cincinnati or Baltimore, make you 3-1. and one. That puts you on a track to potentially make the playoffs. And it's going to be difficult because once you come out of the bye, you have Baltimore again, the Raiders, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, all with winning records. So it comes down to taking care of business while you can. And I understand there's built-in excuses to some degree. I mean, the injuries are what they are. Uh, they're not excuses. You can't, you can't use them as excuses, but it's the reality of the situation. So you need to get healthy. You need to get better. You need to coalesce as a team and to be frank with you we're still a few hours away from the deadline when this when we're recording this and neither of us have any clue whether the team's actually going to trade Odell Beckham Jr. or not but I will say this publicly he should be trading the team should be doing everything in their power to move him and restart at that position because he's not helping they're not any better with him in the lineup, and it hasn't worked for whatever reason. And wherever you want to lay that blame, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pinpoint it to any specific party. But we saw last year the difference with him in the lineup compared to not. And I think that's what they have to get back to is their identity of who they are offensively, and it allows everyone to get better. And that should allow the locker room to heal to a degree as well. Now, uh, again, appreciate everybody you know, for always making Lockdown Browns your first listen. Of course, it means the world to me. Obviously, with the show growth, um, just helps exponentially. Uh, I put this up on social media a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, what was Baker Mayfield's breakout game? What was the game, you know, that we saw maybe glimpses of Odell Beckham Jr., the New York Giant, who was taking the league by, you know, by, by the throat, essentially, in his younger playing days. Everybody goes to last year at the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Monster effort. Guess what? Caught a 40 something yard touchdown pass from Jarvis Landry had a 65 yard touchdown run on a reverse. Even though that was his shining moment as a Cleveland Brown, it wasn't due to the fact that there was this beautiful relationship and I see what you're doing before you see a thing going on between Baker and Odell. Look, it's, and yes, a lot of time missed due to the one-year calendar year almost that you know, Odell missed with the knee injury. But, Britt, you know, Ray Charles, Helen Keller, anyone can just see that this is not a workable situation. And, you know, maybe pulling the plug on it you know, right now and not writing out the season would seem hasty. But you can't ignore it. There's nothing here between the two of them. That work. Baker's looking at other things when Odell's open. When Baker does look to Odell, there's been instances where there's drops, or you know sometimes Odell's not necessarily running the route like every other wide receiver on the roster runs the route, so it gets him there either early, it gets him there late because maybe he's putting a little special sauce on a route, which sometimes doesn't need to be had. 
But whatever way you want to do it, this is a math equation that there is never going to be an answer for. And I don't think it's a hasty decision. This has been multiple years coming. This was a discussion at the same point last year, if you remember, Jeff. It's not like this is brand new. We've been discussing the possibility of moving on from OBJ for over a year now. <laughs> so it's not like it's come out of nowhere. And these comments uh, from either the receiver himself or his father or anyone involved with the team has come to light and shocked everyone because we knew it was it Charles Robinson from Yahoo sports had just wrote, reported two weeks ago that the Browns are listening to any offer they can get for him. So that just pretty much tells you exactly where the, the organization has been. And the biggest, the biggest obstacle is the contract. And yes, there's no guaranteed money on it beyond this season, but they would have to take on the prorated portion of this year's deal, which is $15 million charge or the Browns would have to eat so much of the contract, much like the Denver Broncos just did with Vaughn Miller so they could buy themselves a couple day two draft picks is what that came down to. So I guess the way I look at it is, I, yes, they need to move on from Beckham, but at the same time, it's not entirely his fault. And this is what I wrote on social media today, and, and I mean this, is when I look at it, it's a combination of regression from the quarterback position, injuries, possible coaching shortcomings and wide receivers not doing their job with any consistency. And that's not just Beckham, by the way, you know, you, we saw what happened with Landry against the Steelers. You pay two guys to be superstar wide receivers. They need to make those plays that their quarterback placed them in a position to make. And so when you, when all of that comes together, it's, it's a culmination of suck, as I said before. And that's, what's really, disappointing and there needs to be adjustments and if one of those adjustments is moving on from certain talent I think that's probably the way to go overall and and not for nothing but with Odell Beckham Jr and look again not trying to put blame one way or the other Baker can't work with Odell Odell can't work with Baker it's so there's no finger pointing here either way it's obvious when you look at it it's an you know, it, it's it's just a situation that's not going to resolve itself. We've seen this already with Odell Beckham Jr. We've seen this work out once and how it works. And the thing is, is for the good of the team and for the betterment of the team and what has always looked to like to be the record of this team, when you involve the other people, it seems to be a recipe for success for this team. There's no way around it. So, and look, $42 million invested into two wide receivers, and a tight end, you're getting, again, you're not getting anywhere close. You're getting pennies, maybe pesos to the dollar on the return of that investment. When you've had players, and look, you know, obviously Donovan Peoples-Jones couldn't go last week. Um, Rashard Higgins, it's limited, but, you know, seems to find it. Look, he was part of the guilty party on Sunday with a big drop too. But it's worked better. It's been a more sustainable working thing when you've avoided these head brand name players but the problem is you've got 42 million dollars invested into them so what do you do with them i mean okay guys go out there and be decoys they're not going to be happy which certainly results to the problem that we have here this morning Brad. well the way i've looked at it and you know this i've, I've stated it multiple times well before this point i expect this offseason to be significant changes to the skill positions because look you have hard decisions to make right because we know the potential extensions that are coming up for Denzel Ward and Wyatt Teller and and maybe Baker Mayfield 
Uh, probably not Ronnie Harrison at this point, so we can kind of take that one out of the yeah. equation. But at the same time, you got to make you got to make room for those eventually. And ways of doing so are getting rid of your top paid wide receivers when they're not feature parts of your offense, and you have capable alternatives, whether it's re-signing Higgins for another year, put, featuring uh, Peoples-Jones, drafting a first-round wide receiver, which would be my choice. Uh, then you have potentially moving on from the, the tight end position. Maybe instead of thinking Austin Hooper is your long-term answer, maybe it's David Njoku. You know, there's an out in Hooper's contract where you can get if you decide to go with Njoku. So there's a lot you can do to really change the face of this offense to really – what's the word I'm searching for here? It, to really complement the scheme and the way it's meant to be run, not necessarily trying to force things based on the available talent. And, look, I will be the first to say it. A coach should adjust to what is available to him. I will say it until I'm red in the face. But for as many times as we can say, for whatever reason, it's not working. And we don't know exactly why. And this isn't Freddie Kitchens where guys were freelancing and they had no control over them because we understand that that's a really good coaching staff currently. So how do, why do they not fit? And if, they don't, if you can't figure that out, then there's no reason to keep them around. It, it, look, to, it, it, I will say this real quick about Austin Hooper. Even though he's not a gigantic target in the, in the passing game, he does contribute a lot in the run game. So, because he's their traditional wide tight end, so their value's there in certain cases, just not to what everyone expected. Yeah, and I, the, the thing with Hooper is it's weird because like it always almost seems like you know early in the game. All right, let's try to get the ball to eighty-one. You know, and if you get you get a, a little bit of a return, but then it doesn't seem like where it's okay. Well, let's go back to eighty-one because you know we like the way that looked earlier. <coughs> So certainly different, um, you know, with that respect. Um, and look, normally you would say, all right, okay, whew, all right, well, lots going on, but it's the Bengals this week. You know, a chance to feel a little bit better about yourself. Brent, that don't look like that's going to be the case. It doesn't look like it's going to be the case because <laughs> as much as we're talking about the offense, it's the defense that's essentially in many ways let down this team this season. Whether you're talking about in their three losses, giving up 39 points per game on average, not <laughs> not just one contest on average in the three losses, even if the Steelers, I know people have argued with me on social media, well, they only gave up 15 points. There's no way in hell that offense should have even scored 15 points, let alone been in a position to score even more, if not for a boneheaded uh, fake field goal uh, attempt. So the thing with the defense that is so disappointing to me is, they can't get off the damn field on third and fourth down. doesn't matter if you're the best defense on first and second down, because if you keep moving the chains, you're not stopping anyone. And that's, and that's really what's problematic. So you can, you can rely on miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney have both been playing exceptionally well, but those are two guys. The rest of the unit isn't getting the job done. And even Malik McDowell, who's a great story, him, both him and Malik Jackson were just pushed all over the field by Pittsburgh's interior offensive line, which should never happen. That, that group is not that good. They, this isn't the old Steelers. And so, but they were consistently. And we see, we, I understand the concept of dropping more into coverage, having light boxes so you can uh, confuse and potentially create turnovers. Well, if that's not happening either, especially when you don't have, when you have injured defensive backs and you have to adjust. So that, that's what's problematic in Cincinnati. 
I think the offense can move the ball. If you watch what they did, the Jets did against them, the Jets can run the ball. And guess what? The Jets run the same damn offense as the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> so you're going to be able to move the ball on them. It comes down to, are you ever going to be able to get a stop? And that's, and I don't expect that at all, to be quite honest with you. And that's kind of where we're at with all this. Um, Brent, get your tickets ready, get the family ready, uh, get your orders ready, whether it's popcorn or a candied apple, because uh, ladies and gentlemen, the circus is back in town and uh, the big top, uh, be ready to go at seven. Appreciate Brent Sobolewski from Release Report taking some time here with us today. And I think a point here in this Brown season, we probably didn't see coming, but ladies and gentlemen, yet again, here we are, where we are talking more about off the field, in the locker room, and social media than we're actually talking about X's and O's. Uh, again, thanks to Brent Sobolewski. We'll be back with more right after this. And again, I want to thank Brent Sobolewski for joining us here. We're going to get back to Jared Mueller. We are going to get through the NFL trade deadline today. Browns, a little quiet, um, kind of expected, uh, even with all the noise today. So we'll get to uh, some thoughts there. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more. Props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, the remaining World Series action, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Built's Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Bilt Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating candy bar. Bilt Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of being purely delicious. So many flavors. There are so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, Coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four today, three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built Bar. I'm sorry, at Built.com. The trade deadline today, um, there was some moves. Kansas City Chiefs made a couple of moves. Um, obviously, yesterday, the Denver Broncos with a big move in picking up Von Miller. The Cleveland Browns weren't active. And look, um, first of all, this roster, I don't know what they could have truly done. The cap is kind of tied against them. They have a lot of talent here. They are not playing like they have a lot of talent here. Um, it was Odell trying to force his way out the door late, maybe who knows, or is it just, you know, whatever, setting the stage for what will be, you know, you know, somewhere around, I guess, St. Patrick's Day, usually when free agency starts, you know, setting all of that up. Um, but the fact that they were surprised, I mean, quiet, certainly not a surprise, Jared. I think for me, the thing, and this is, of course, you know, fans, you know, hey, can we get a new quarterback, uh, another defensive end, and, uh, 
no, there's not anything you need to do today. And there was not much you were going to do, certainly with, with the cap was. So it's not a surprise. And it comes down to kind of what most of us have been saying about this team. There's enough here. Play better. Yeah, I mean, that's the reality is if if adding talent was the problem, this team would be good. Like this team would be five and three, six and two. Like talent isn't the issue. Obviously health is an issue and, and a variety of things. I actually wrote, I think yesterday that I didn't think there was a single trade that was going to happen. That was going to, that could have changed the roster, right? Von Miller is good. Is a very good player. I don't know. He's a good to very good player for a second and third round pick. Like that's just not happening for the Browns, but even Von Miller isn't significantly changing this team and he was the best player traded. So yeah, it's not a surprise to not see anything happen because Von Miller comes to Cleveland and whatever is the issue, right? And again, I, I wrote on Twitter, like there is probably a hundred variables causing the Browns not to be four and four right now, including the teams they're playing. You know, they kind of want to win games too. So there are a hundred variables. Von Miller, the best player traded uh, at the deadline, wasn't going to change a hundred variables. He would just have been a rotational piece a part of a good defense, all of that kind of stuff. There wasn't a trade that was going to change this team. The only thing that can tra- change this team comes from within, whatever it is, whether it's Stefanski, whether it's Woods, whether it's Mayfield getting healthy, Kareem Hunt coming back, freaking Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, right? Like there are so – Denzel Ward. Like there are so many players that are that are hurt, that aren't playing well, right? Like Odell Beckham Jr. got it all out – better have got it all out of his system. And now go to work, dude. You did this, right? So you laid this foundation for a free agency. Now put it, now show it on the field, right? Do all of that kind of stuff. Jarvis, if you are that emotional leader and that's your boy still, which I'm not totally sure is your boy like that, like then put him in his place. Let's go, right? It has to come from internal. There was nothing external that was going to change this team. They could have offered whatever they want. It still would not have changed this team, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, I don't care, not changing this team if the problems internally don't get fixed anyways. There's no question of that. And now this makes, and now here's with all of this, um, they play a game Sunday. Um, you know, this somewhere got lost in everything. Um, and the Cincinnati Bengals right now are playing some really good football. Last Sunday, notwithstanding offense, they still did score a ton of points. Um, but now you have to walk in tomorrow. And you have to look at number six and you have to look at number 13 and say, um, guys, what do I do here? Because I need you. Um, and look, this is a team we normally light up pretty well to score some points. Um, can And this is basically two kids in the sandbox who aren't getting along. Can I rely on you? Can I rely on both of you? Because And for Odell, this is where maybe the biggest mistake is for him. And I'll be honest, in, you know, if people don't want to hear this and understand this, Browns can look at Odell right now and say, guess what? Everything that went down yesterday is on you. Go home. We're not paying you. Goodbye. And you want to know what? If he wants to spend the night, next nine weeks battling it out to get pennies on the dollar back from the Browns, they'll be more than okay with it. And the Browns will be certainly within their right to do it. And what the Browns have in their back pocket is, we've seen Baker Mayfield succeed without you. We've seen this. I've got tapes upon tapes in my office. I can show you Sixes play well without you. So, you need to be the one here, and look, if you are so concerned about your $15 million and you are so concerned about what is next for Odell Beckham Jr., you're the one that's going to have to change. And that's just where it is at with this team. And that is going to mean, look, 
if the ball is not coming your way and we don't pout, um, we're going to run the route correctly every single time. And, you know, and look, I think the part you brought up with Jarvis is a good one. And Jarvis is kind of, and look, for he was, everything he did Sunday was correct. And, you know, everybody, oh, well, Baker, 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 you can't have a $14 million wide receiver drop two balls and fumble in one quarter, the fourth quarter, in a game against a division opponent at home. Can't have it. So he needs to look at Odell Beckham Jr. and the two of them. They need to go to Baker and they need to say, look, we got you. Because otherwise, this could go down. And look, Jared, we've been a part of some really, really bad teams. We've been a really, really <laughs> part of really, really bad teams in this time in Cleveland. But it'd be really, really rough to talk about this as maybe a team that ended up 6-11, and 7-10. and 10, With all the talent and all the age that everybody's at, this wasn't something that was put together, fingers crossed, that a whole bunch of 31-year-olds had one more year in the sun. This team, on paper, was primed. It was ready. It was talented. And right now, we can't be letting some, you know, grade school BS be what derails it. Yeah, and I think that's really an interesting conversation for the for the end of the season, depending on how things go. Was last year actually a bad thing for the Browns in their development? All of a sudden, making the playoffs, believe, you know, listen, there's point differential stuff. There was schedule stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. It's not even expectations. Expectations are a thing, but in the end, it's that's just expectations. It's a word. But if the Browns don't make the playoffs last year, is John Johnson the third here? Is Troy Hill here? Is Jadavion Clowney signed for $10 million? Is Tack McKinley brought in? Is the salary cap kind of blown up with one-year deals and short deals and all the things that were done to try to win this year? Because last year we made the playoffs. Maybe there is something special here. Let's run it back and let's spend money. Let's do all of that. Like, does that happen if the Browns were eight and eight and showing development last year, right? If if they barely missed the playoffs at nine and seven, or even they they lost whatever tiebreakers at ten and six, is do they go kind of the more all in route that they did on defense and then set themselves up that they should be competitive? Because because again, talent is one thing, but knowing how to win, knowing how to play together, knowing how to work through adversity, those are things that you don't have to have talent to do. Right. And, and and having talent doesn't automatically mean you know how to do those things. And so I almost wonder if last year at the end of the season, are we going to say last year uh, set this year up for failure as opposed to a nice steady build with young players and, and just kind of getting there over time? Um, there's a quote from a sports movie. I think it's Major League. Um, but this is what I would be, literally be saying to OBJ and really to Baker. We both want the same things. You know, I want to milk the last good football. No, it is from uh, Moneyball. Brad Pitt says to David Justice when he says, I want to milk the last good baseball I can out of you, and you want to stay in the show. That's the conversation I'm having with OBJ. I want you to perform, and you want a next contract. Let's do that. Let's together do that. Period. Because that's what you want. That's what I want. Shut the hell up. Go apologize. And I'll put pop in the vending machine because you think that's minor league. Sorry. Literally know that movie now by heart as I'm as I'm pulling it up. I just think we're in a position where, you know, OBJ, Baker, Stefanski. Listen, Stefanski and Barry, they're not made men. But those guys are going to last 
Odell Beckham Jr. And if Baker doesn't get it together, they're going to outlast Baker Mayfield as well. Remember, they did not draft him. And that's always a thing. Now, Barry was here when it happened, but they didn't draft him. So they have a little bit of an out. I have no idea who's going to be available in two or three years. Different conversation. I just think the conversations just have to be real. They have to be men about it. Uh, and, and unfortunately, OBJ has not been that guy. And I want to be honest, Baker Mayfield hasn't either. Like the whole need for yeah. a chip on his shoulder, um, you know, some of the things that he's put out on social media. Listen, we don't talk politics much because we don't, it's just not pointful, useful in uh, sports talk too much. But the reality is, is some of his political things that he's posted aren't really flying real well. Right. And then you add the John Johnson mm-hmm. vaccine conversations. And um, uh, there are some other big name players that we don't believe are vaccinated. Like, again, I'm not judging any of those things, but that creates diverse or division in the locker room that, that creates some angst when your quarterback is posting things about police deaths and this, that, or police deaths in a town. And I mean, just all that stuff. Like they just need to be adults. They need to be professionals. And I'm not sure how many professionals they have on that team. I'm really not sure. Joel Batonio, Miles Garrett, like they don't have a lot of guys that seem to be focused on team and and they've let a lot of other things kind of get in the way. Sorry, I just rambled for a while. That's okay. Hey, and Jared, remember a couple of days ago when the biggest problem this team has is was Miles Garrett Halloween costume too cocky. That was a nice conversation to have because uh I mean we've gone literally, I mean, you know, I mean, and all the tweets today were hysterical and Dwayne Bowe, Dwayne Bowe of all people, shut up. Kenny Britt, where we are. And I'm sure Hugh Jackson was probably, yes. And I'm sure Hugh Jackson was somewhere trying to figure out what the password was to his Twitter to get back on because, well, I'm missing all this. How does this thing work? What about Freddie up in New York? Like, yeah, is Freddie going, ha ha, see what I had to deal with fools. (laughs) Yes, of course. Of course. So for the 20 months where this organization looked 100% stable and professional, like it was a beautiful run. Uh, let's just hope today was a absolute blip in the radar screen. Um, because if it wasn't, I got news. I, if, if things, and you'll know Sunday and you'll know right away, let's put it this way. If Odell Beckham Jr. has three receptions for 35 yards in the first quarter and a touchdown, maybe things are squashed. If we're going late into the fourth quarter and we're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. with two receptions for 16 yards, uh, talk the kids to bed because it's going to get a little loud and it's going to get a little bit scary. Man, he that, is. The that shoulder editor. might get get hurt a little bit more too, huh? Well, and, well they, I mean, and not for nothing, there could be another one tomorrow. There could be one tomorrow where 13 comes in and says, you know what? I went to the orthopedic. I'm risking it. I, I, I can't risk it. My, you know, so there's so, and this is what happens when things like today happens. It leads to so many other questions that you wouldn't ask when you didn't have an incident like you had today. So now this is where we are. And yes, he is the managing editor of the Browns wire, Jared Mueller. Um, he has taken over as the proud, proud step parent for Jeff Risen, and he's done a fantastic job with it. So make sure you're checking everything out over at Browns wire. Uh, the show itself locked on Browns, uh, follow back account. Uh, make sure you're following, make sure you're following Jared Mueller. Of course, uh, me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, Again, whatever podcast platform you use, uh, we are available daily, always free. We appreciate everybody for making Lockdown Browns your first listen day in, day out. Um, so to this point, you've gotten your post game. You've gotten John Costco, uh, me, Jared, Brent Sobolewski, sharing some thoughts on an absolutely miserable 
Tuesday here in Berea. Uh, we'll have the uh, crossover with the guys from Lockdown Bengals. That's going to be a little bit of a different one. I'm going to tell you guys because I've been giving those guys it for a while. Um, and <laughs> I think I'm about to get my comeuppance with the Lockdown Bengals boys when that comes out later tomorrow night. Um, but for that, I do appreciate everybody here. Um, look, guys, and everybody here, where all this is getting on social media, at the end of the day, if we learned one thing from today, if you learned one thing from this Raider tragedy, we are talking about the sport. There are much more important things in this world. So look, as much as y'all love it, that's great. Don't go losing your head over something that's supposed to take up your time as a joy, as something you were looking to do, looking forward to do, to relax and enjoy. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog bound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.